All eyes were on the Sakir Grand Prix and boy did it deliver. It was absolute joy for Sergio Perez and Racing Point and heartbreak for George Russell and Mercedes as he came oh so close to winning not once but twice in what was possibly the most entertaining race so far of the 2020 season. Alexis Yun is here with you and Lawrence Edmondson joins me as we recap all the drama that was in this edition of ESPN's Formula One podcast. Plenty storylines, Lawrence, going into this one. I know that's kept you busy over the past week. A lot of them, of course, stemming from the absence of Roman Grosjean, who's still recovering after that horrendous accident just a week ago today. And then the unfortunate news that Lewis Hamilton tested positive for coronavirus, which then brought George Russell into the Mercedes mix. Now, we'll get to George Russell and the heartbreak there in a second. But let's start off with the man that won it all today, Sergio Perez, winning his first ever race i mean unbelievable achievement the timing of it as well could not have been more perfect considering he still doesn't have a seat for next season but the first time we got to hear um the mexican national anthem since i believe 1970 none of us were born or probably even thought of then but he said something pretty interesting lawrence in the sense that he said he felt that luck was definitely not on racing point side this season or his side as he's felt and that this race was one on merit is that kind of how you've seen it yeah, well, one week ago, his car went up in flames as he was in third position going for a podium. So it really has been a case that he's had a pretty tough year. The team struggled a little bit. And to get this payoff, um, not just for this season, but his whole career, 190 races in Formula One. I remember in 2012, uh, when he finished second at the Malaysian Grand Prix, a race we thought he might win. We said, this is one of the guys for the future. This is a guy who's going to go a long way. At that time, he was heavily linked to Ferrari. Of course, he then went to McLaren in 2013, and it was the year that McLaren went wrong, and they still haven't fully recovered since then. Not Perez's fault whatsoever, I'll add right now, but he was unfortunate in that he went to the team just as it was uh, starting to fall apart a bit and the car wasn't competitive. So his big chance seemed to have passed him by. And I know we're still talking potentially, could he go to Red Bull next year, replace Alex Albon? I mean, that rumour has taken on a whole new side uh, this uh, this evening with what's happened with what happened to Albon with what happened to Perez but yeah to get that win uh, two races from the end of his racing point contract a contract that was slashed early because Sebastian Vettel was signed up by racing points soon to become Aston Martin I think we all felt that was pretty unfair so to get that victory ah, oh, it was fantastic to watch I'm so happy for him He's one of the nicest guys in Formula One and he's always been there. He's always been talented and he's never quite had the car. Today, he didn't have a car that deserved to win the race, but he found a way to do it anyway. So yeah, hats off to him. I'm so, so happy for him. That's truly what makes it even more remarkable and I guess is a testament as to how much of a talented driver he just is because at the beginning there was an incident with Charles Leclerc's car that knocked him all the way down to, to 18th and he literally had to claw his way back. That's right. I mean, that incident with Leclerc, 100% Leclerc's fault, uh, was diving in. Perez had made a brilliant start, was up to what looked like was going to be a solid third place. He was ahead of Max Verstappen and then he got spun around. Now, he, in a way, was lucky, I suppose, because Verstappen and Leclerc, both of their races ended there and Perez was able to carry on. But of course, that dropped him to the back. So 18th out of 18 cars, 
made a pit stop then under the safety car so that everything was checked over and he had fresh tyres on. But then his race ran pretty much like everyone else's and he was just on it. You know, we were looking at the timing screens and he just kept setting amazing times. Of course, he wasn't up there with the kind of times we were seeing at the front from the Mercedes drivers. We know all about that car. We know how quick it is. No surprise there. But he was just so much quicker than the rest, including his teammate Lance Stroll, who really, you know, for the first half of the race, if someone was going to win it and you were going to minus the Mercedes from the uh, equation, then it was him, it was possibly Sainz, it was possibly Esteban Ocon who finished second, yet Perez was the one that made it happen. So you can talk all you want uh, about Mercedes dropping out and that's why the racing point was there. But I would say Perez absolutely made that happen and deserved this victory um, as much as anybody else on that racetrack today. I mean, as he said, these are stuff that he's been dreaming about for the last 10 years of his career and it has finally um, come. And it, it's crazy to think that we probably only have one more left, one more race left to, to see him in because this man still does not have a seat for 2021. Something that we've talked about a lot on our podcast and, and saying that it is just an absolute tragedy if he doesn't have one. He, though, after the race said that he has, I suppose in this time, kind of... Um, become at peace with the fact that he may just have to take the year off next season and come back in 2022. But this Sergio Perez that you're seeing in the 10 years, would you say he's probably in some of the best form of his career, kind of like a peak? And can he afford to take a year off? Yeah, I think he's absolutely at the best form uh, he's been in throughout his career. Um, you know, the win caps it off. But this season, he's uh, fourth in the standings and he was doing absolutely everything right up into this point. So um, can he take a year off? Well, he may have to. If Red Bull continue with Alex Albon, there's going to be no place left for him. But as you said, he had made his peace with that before the win. So I'm sure he's even more peaceful and serene about it now. But the big thing is, I think part of the reason why he does have peace with that is because he knows that the paddock still rate him. And he knows that in 2022, the regulations are changing. It's a bit of a reset for everyone. So if you were going to miss one season in your career as Sergio Perez, weirdly, I would say that 2021 is probably the right one because he can then come back in 2022, uh, probably with a fresh team. Um, I think, you know, uh, Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vessel are definitely staying at the soon-to-become Aston Martin team long-term. But he could probably slot in somewhere else and still do an amazing job for someone. And I think, you know, anyone who is without a driver or looking for a safe pair of hands and now looking for a race winner will look at Perez and they'll rate him highly. You know, I, I, I think we always felt like he's probably a little bit below the standard of your Lewis Hamiltons, your Max Verstappens, Daniel Ricciardo's, Charles Leclerc's. And to be honest, I think that probably is still the case, but he's not far off. And he's just so good at grinding out results. His tyre management is on another level. That will still be a factor in 2022, but the tyres will completely change. But he's got that intelligence in his driving that means that if he did come back uh, after a year out, I think it'd still be uh, the Sergio Perez that we know and love right now. Well, you kind of made me feel a little bit better about that one. But I'm still going to ask this question because, of course, we've been asking it. Um, and everyone sneakingly now has started asking everyone around the paddock we saw, especially after this race win, because you can't avoid it. You know, I think they asked Lawrence Stroll if you'd like to see Sergio Perez go up against, you know, them when they turn into Aston Martin. But in a Red Bull, um, how much has this helped his case, if any at all, now with the whole Alex Albon situation? Do you feel like you know, those at Red Bull might be feeling the heat on their backs now after today? 
Yeah, possibly. Um, I don't know if you heard it, but I have WhatsApp messages still pinging off. So I don't know whether that is um, an invite to a Christian Horner press session. Uh, ah, not today. Not today. They will not be doing a press conference with Christian Horner. Oh, I they wonder know. why. I wonder why. Because um, there are some yeah big questions to be asked of Red Bull. And, you know, while it was looking increasingly like Alex Albon would stay at Red Bull next year, which means Perez wouldn't have a seat, um, but by the same measure, they hadn't made that decision for definite. It wasn't in stone. They could have announced that several weeks ago. It would have made Albon's end of the year a lot easier. I think it would have made everyone at Red Bull's end of the year a lot easier. So it's still an option. It's still floating there. And I think what it's going to come down to is a meeting after the year, once the dust has settled, looking at what Albon has, the potential Albon has. Is he the driver that they thought he was at the start of this year? If he still is then, uh, you know, and they've got lots of data and they've got lots of kind of reasons why maybe he struggled this year. And if you can factor that all in and you can say, well, next year, a lot of the things that Alex struggled with are going to be dialed out of the Red Bull and we trust in him to do the job, then perhaps Alex keeps that seat. But if there's questions around those and if some of those answers come back as, you know, Alex maybe isn't quite the driver that we thought he was. Um, I kind of hope that doesn't happen because I really like Alex Albon as well and I think he's a talented guy. Then Perez is your kind of ready-made, you know, custom-fit, perfect guy <laughs> to stick in that car and get the job done and probably not worry Max too much, Max Verstappen at that team, probably not worry him too much, but certainly keep him honest. And if we've got a more competitive field next year, uh, either it be the midfield catches up with Red Bull or Red Bull catches up with Mercedes, Red Bull are going to need that second car to score points for the Constructors' Championship and also make life difficult for the two Mercedes. Because we've seen time and time again, Verstappen fighting by himself against two Mercedes cars, and that's fighting with one hand behind your back strategically. So that could be a factor as well. So, um, you know, I don't think this single win for Perez is a guarantee that he's a Red Bull driver next year, but it will do no harm whatsoever as they sit down and analyse what they want for next year. Well, amazing day for Sergio Perez. I mean, as he said, he knows he's done absolutely the most to at least secure a seat for next season, which is why he probably is so at peace and probably deserves the massive party that I'm sure is going on in Mexico right now, or at least he'll be able to try and do there at the track tonight. But Racing Points, again, have another reason to, to celebrate and party with Lance Stroll getting on the podium as well. What do you think of his race? Yeah, it's, it was a little bit Lance Stroll, wasn't it? I mean, it was good and uh, he got the job done in the scoring a podium in a Racing Point uh, is a good achievement. You know, we shouldn't take anything away from that, but it could have been better. And we've seen that time and time again with Stroll this year. I'm thinking of Monza, where he had a potential race-winning situation. And of course, it went to Gasly and Sainz also finished ahead of him there. I'm thinking in Turkey, and it wasn't his fault. He did have damage to the car and all the rest of it, but still, it didn't quite come together. And so there's reasons for that, I'm sure, and I don't know them as yet. But for me, it was very characteristic of the way that Stroll's season has gone. Uh, again, I'm going to have to do more digging to find out whether that's driver related or simply bad luck. You know, we have this question with so many drivers up and down the mm -hmm. grid, Valtteri Bottas, Alex Albon. Uh, meanwhile, the Perez 
result was just very Perez, wasn't it? He just mm-hmm. went out there, got it done, made tyres last longer than perhaps they should have lasted and was still pulling away from Ocon and Stroll as well. And you think, you know, that gap that Perez pulled at the end of the race, why wasn't Stroll using that same pace to put the pressure on Ocon and make it a one-two for Racing Point? Didn't happen. So, um, yeah, I'd say uh, Stroll, well done. You know, his year's been good, hasn't it, overall? There's been some obvious downsides. He's had a lot of bad luck. Think of the accident in Mugello as well, which was a tyre failure. It wasn't his fault. So, you know, it, it's up and down, but he's just not as convincing as someone like Perez. And this is the big thing for Racing Point, is that they're getting rid of their driver who seems to perform no matter what. And they're staying with the driver who, of course, is the son of the owner. So we know why he's there, but is inconsistent. And they're bringing in arguably one of the most inconsistent drivers in the field this year in Sebastian Vettel. Four-time world champion, of course. So hopefully it'll clicks in his new role. But you do start to wonder, is this a mistake by Racing Point, what they're doing? You know, are getting rid of Perez. I think a lot of people, including myself, have felt it's been a mistake since it was announced earlier this year or even since it was rumoured at the start of the season. Yet here we are. So, um, yeah, I I think great send-off in a way between Perez and Racing Point. You know, I'm sure mechanics absolutely love it. Engineers will absolutely love it. But I think there'll be a few people in that team who just ask themselves, wait a minute, why are we letting this guy walk away at the end of the year? That is the question of the century so far. But you know what he said? Ten years and it it took him to finally get his first race win. And... George Russell almost did it, not once, but twice in his first time suiting up for Mercedes in a car that we know the car is fabulous and almost perfect so far, but that also does put a lot of pressure on him. And we were discussing if he should just go for the win or just try and temper manage expectations. I know that Toto actually came out and said that that was something that he probably told him last night as a bit of advice, but he did absolutely everything and our hearts broke. I'll just say it, Lawrence, our hearts broke. Definitely, we are all feeling for George Russell and co because that was so painful. And Valtteri Bottas, I thought, you know, said it best. He said, usually, um, you know, week in, week out, Mercedes, he's like, we're bulletproof. But today, anything that could go wrong just went wrong. So how did Mercedes uncharacteristically just get it so wrong today? It's a good question. I could tell you exactly what went wrong. I can't tell you the reason really why it came about or it was this specific race. But the basics of what went wrong was that there was a safety car relatively late in the race when Jack Aitken crashed in the Williams, left his front wing on the racing line. So Mercedes then uh, had an opportunity to pit and they didn't have to take it. Their initial strategy was a one stop right to the flag. But it was an opportunity to do so. And the danger was that if they didn't, the cars behind were potentially put on fresher tyres. And then even though we know that Mercedes is very quick, if they're on old tyres, the Mercedes drivers, with other quite pacey cars like Perez's behind on soft tyres, it could also look a little bit difficult. And they had the time to do it. So had everything gone perfectly well, Russell would have pitted, taken on tyres. Bottas would have pitted, taken on tyres. They would have resumed one, two. They would have had fresh tyres, raced to the end of the race. One, two, job done usual Mercedes. What went specifically wrong was a radio call uh, from Ron Meadows, who is the team manager. Now, when they bring the cars into a pit stop, Ron gets on the radio and he tells the two sides of the garage to prepare the tyres. The red side of the garage is Lewis Hamilton's, of course, George Russell's this weekend. The blue side is Valtteri Bottas's. Now, um, let me get this right in my head. 
The blue side heard the call correctly. All four tyres came out. The red side did not hear the call. It didn't go through to, uh, to the mechanics for whatever reason. Although the two rear tyre mechanics bringing out the rear tyres did hear it and they brought the tyres out. So those tyres went out correctly, uh, but the two front tyres stayed where they were on the heaters in the garage. So when George Russell came in from the lead of the race, uh, Mercedes had all four of Bottas' tyres ready, but just two of George's. And then, of course, as you get the car, uh, the tyres out of their warmers, the only thing that tells you whose tyre they belong to is um, is a little kind of spray mark in either red or blue. And, you know, that, 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 that's what gives you the information. So the mechanics in the rush they were in put George's rear tyres on, but put Valtteri's front tyres on because, of course, George's was still in the garage. Car went. Didn't really realise what was going on. Probably about the moment the car was speeding off down the pit lane, they started to get an understanding of what had happened. Then Valtteri's car came in. And uh, by that point, the George's tyres had turned up. They went on Valtteri's car, uh, along with Valtteri's rear tyres. Again, a mixed set. Uh, The front left mechanic, you could see, was waving his hands in the air. We've got a problem here. Uh, so they took off that tyre. In fact, the team had realised at that point as well, the tyre engineer in the, uh, in, in the Mercedes garage had also realised. So they took that off, uh, panicked a bit. What do we do? Oh, just throw the same old hard tyres he was on, back on the car. We just need to get him back out and not lose track position, which you can kind of understand why they did. But they said afterwards was probably a mistake. It would have been better to get a whole new set out and put them on. But anyway, so off went Valtteri. Um, now, there's nothing in the regulations that says you can't mix tyres uh, from different sets. It only says you can't mix different compounds. So you can't have hard tyres and medium tyres on the car. So, uh, but Mercedes had to cover their backs because really this isn't supposed to happen. And so they brought Russell in the next lap, uh, fitted a whole new set of his correct tyres and sent him back out. And he rejoined behind Valtteri, who remained out on that set that, essentially didn't get changed. He came in on it and he went out on it. So then you have the two Mercedes on track. Uh, Valtteri actually running ahead of George and um, George was on better tyres, was able to overtake Valtteri, move ahead. And Mercedes think that had the race run normally to the flag, even from there, George Russell had the pace to catch Perez and win the race. And I don't debate that because that car is so quick. George was looking mega throughout the whole evening. I think he would have done it, but then he got a puncture and had to come in again, dropped to, I think, 16th, worked his way back to ninth. So that's the nuts and bolts of what happened. Why Mercedes dropped the ball on this particular occasion, who knows? But they're, you know, they'll look into it. I'm sure they'll have a safeguard in place to make sure this doesn't happen again. But ultimately, what went wrong was a radio call did not go from the team manager to the mechanics as it should have done it just didn't play in their ears and that was the difference today a series of unfortunate events man when it's not your day i guess it's just not your day but you know what it, it's hard to say that because it really did look like george russell's day you know and and as you said he was just looking absolutely mega out there so for him you know everyone kind of teed this up as a a massive job interview for him you know like a nice little audition for him for probably the near near future um so was it Job done. Perfect for him. I don't think he could have done much better. Um, He twice uh, made the difference and was putting himself on target to win the Grand Prix. 
and was once let down by a mistake from the team, once let down by a puncture. So that's George's job absolutely done. He was also within uh, 0.026 seconds of Valtteri Bottas in his first qualifying performance against Valtteri. We know that Valtteri has out-qualified and got close to Lewis a number of times this year. We all know about how good Lewis Hamilton is in a Formula One car, especially over a single lap. So that tells you a huge amount about how good George is. Um, and it is absolutely job done from his perspective. Even if he doesn't stay in the car in Abu Dhabi, if Lewis is able to come back, which is still Mercedes plan A, but it requires a negative test from Lewis for COVID-19. But even if that doesn't happen, um, you know, George has still put himself out there as really this, you know, top level driver, arguably on the same level as Leclerc, Verstappen, mm. you know, maybe he would nip at Lewis's heels as well in the same machinery. So that would be fascinating to see, wouldn't it? And of course, there's some of us who would love to see that immediately next year. Um, that question was put to Toto after the race. And he said, well, George is a Williams driver for next year and we have two drivers contracted for next year. So although he didn't say absolutely not going to happen, you know, <laughs> the indication is those contracts aren't going to be ripped up. However, after that, and this is a question I put to Toto, I said, you know, how can you not sign George as soon as that Williams contract expires at the end of 2021? You know, he's been a Mercedes driver for a long time. He's on a long-term driver development deal. How could you ever potentially let him go? You know, what if he got an offer from someone else and, you know, he was able to get out of it? And uh, Toto said he hadn't made his mind up on that yet. But I think within the team, if the mind wasn't already made up before this weekend, I can't see how they can do anything else now. It was that convincing a performance when he was given his opportunity that you think, you know, this is a guy who could clearly operate on a level very similar to Valtteri's, if not higher, and potentially could take the um, the fight to Lewis. And Toto said, perhaps that's something we'll see in the future. And he also said... Um, that it would create probably quite a different dynamic in the team. Of course, we've got used to the sedate feeling at Mercedes with Valtteri Bottas not quite on Lewis's level for four seasons in a row. And it doesn't take a particularly long memory to go back to 2016 and how tense it was between Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton mm -hmm. when Rosberg has already taken the fight to Lewis and won that championship in 2016. I think George would do the same, if not better, given the opportunity. So... We all really want to see that. And I can't see any way that in 2022 they don't pick George because it would be the perfect time to move. Again, that regulation change opens up a fresh opportunity to drop into a new team, start from zero of everyone else. It just seems almost destined now. And it kind of did before. But, you know, after today's performance, you just think he's the guy for the job. Big question, of course, still, we don't know what Lewis is doing long term. Uh, mm -hmm. Will Lewis still be at Mercedes uh, by 2022? Uh, I would have thought so. But, um, oh, yeah, you know, if, if we weren't excited about the future of Formula One already with Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, all, you know, kind of putting themselves into into top teams. Now with George Russell looking like a potential future Mercedes driver, I think there's plenty to get excited about going forward. That'd be funny. I mean, just I'm laughing because George and his, you know, lovely bush baby eyes. I'm trying to picture him getting feisty, you know, taking a fight to Lewis Hamilton. But like you said, they've got that competitive nature. And we saw it so brilliantly with George today, which then now brings me to my other question with Valtteri. Um, what did you make of the, the George versus Valtteri kind of matchup now? Because I think once again, it just started to underline some of the issues that 
broke Nate in supporting Valtteri again in this one. Yeah, it did look like Valtteri was a little bit rattled. Um, Friday, I think we all felt, well, you know, there was a number of reasons Valtteri didn't quite match uh, George in Friday practice. Uh, and that was just one. And then final practice, back to Valtteri being, I think it's almost four temps ahead of George. And we're like, OK, this is more what we mm-hmm. expected from the two of them. And this is kind of how it's probably going to play out over the weekend. But then, yeah, you talk about, you know, that fire inside George Russell. It, it, it's there, like, don't be fooled by this uh, very polite, um, you know, these big, <laughs> gorgeous eyes, you know, Bush gorgeous baby George. eyes. Bush baby <laughs> eyes. It's, it's not who George Russell is. He is a hugely determined character. And anyone who's followed his uh, career up to that point will know that. And anyone who sometimes heard perhaps when he's trying to get a message out in the media will have spotted it as well he is a really fiery character when it comes down to it and has immense and i'm talking immense self-belief which will just be rocketing right now but the other good thing about george is that you saw even when it all went wrong and it wasn't his fault and it would have been so easy to blame the team he thanked the team for giving him the opportunity i mean would have been a bit silly to do anything else but still, it, it was absolutely the right thing to do. So, um, yeah, as for Valtteri, well, I, I wondered whether perhaps that situation, because we really saw, I mean, he wasn't great throughout, but he was more or less keeping with George. And you felt, well, maybe he's keeping his powder dry for a push at the end. And he slightly offset his pit stop. So he would have had fresher tyres and was starting to reel George in a tiny bit. Got around five seconds uh, gap before the safety car came out. And I wondered, perhaps taking those tyres off, leaving them on the ground, putting them back on. Maybe that kind of did something to the chemistry of them, which is why he struggled so much at the restart because he went backwards. You know, it's rare we see a Mercedes go backwards in any mm-hmm. circumstance, but he did. And uh, having talked to um, an engineer, they said uh, they didn't think that was the case and uh, and that they're not entirely sure why Valtteri struggled so much. And part of me just thinks that, uh, you know, perhaps he, you know, he really was struggling that much. He really is struggling that much. And that's where... Valtteri's level is at the moment. We've known for a couple of races that combination of bad luck and perhaps not tying it together at the right time has seen him look particularly ordinary next to Lewis. But we kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt. But in this situation, it was a chance to rise to the occasion. You know, I said before the start of the weekend that I felt here is Valtteri's chance to just say, look, here's, Lewis is out the way. Let me go and win. Job done. You know, George Russell, well done for turning up. But firmly in second place and that's of course what he wanted to do but he couldn't and the fact he couldn't do that uh not only was bad news today for Valtteri but it's quite bad news long term because starting to turn your head around that and unless he gets to go up against George again in Abu Dhabi and actually do the business and beat him then that's always going to be hanging over him for all of next year now is that well that one time George was in the car he was he was matching you so oh it's it's brutal isn't it Formula 1 but mm-hmm. you've but you've got to perform and you know and when you're up against the best drivers in the world you can't afford to have you know mistakes off days and that's just the way it is but yeah uh, I think Valtteri's got a bit of soul searching to do uh, over the next week before he gets back in the car and I would have it. 
Well, as Jordan said, hopefully um, his performance today puts Toto in a difficult position, I suppose, for the near future. It sounds like it definitely has and kind of has put Valtteri in a difficult position as well, but all deserving because George was absolutely outstanding today. Someone else who was outstanding that we definitely just have to touch on before we start to wrap things up, Esteban Ocon. I mean, speaking of people who have gone through turbulent times as well and hard years, he kind of slipped under the radar. We do tend to talk about Danny Ricardo a lot, of course. Um, but this time it was Esteban Ocon for Renault that um, managed to get that very coveted second place on the podium what did you think of his performance yeah i have to admit i still need to reanalyze his race because i i it's it's not quite clear in my mind at the moment exactly <laughs> where it come from whether there was some some fortunate kind of uh, turn of events so uh, forgive me <laughs> for not knowing exactly what happened there uh, but yeah even so when you finish second you finish second in a formula one race and you know it's very rare that it's all down to luck so i think that is uh, massive for him I think we were all disappointed by his performances over the course of the year at Renault. Mm -hmm. Going up against Daniel Ricciardo is a hard job for anyone. We know how good Ricciardo is. We'd all like to see him in one of the top teams next year. He's going to be at McLaren. Um, But yeah, Ocon, I think, needed a little bit of a confidence boost. He's also hugely self-confident. You know, he's kind of very similar to Russell in that regard. And he's a real fighter as well. Uh, but I think this is a really good, really good result for him because he still has another year on his Renault contract. Mm. It will be a year against Fernando Alonso, so it's not going to be easy. But he will have the advantage of being in that team and that car for a whole year already. And then hopefully he'll take that into next year. And knowing now that he's got um, the, the podium that you know he wanted and that's a positive for him. So, um, yeah, uh, again, hats off to him as to all the guys who, who finished on, on the podium and... And George Russell as well. Uh, I think we saw a real sign of um, of some great young talent as well as Perez, <laughs> some great old talent uh, coming together. And, and, and I mean, he's my age. I know. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, I think he's. Um, I think he might be younger than me. Seasoned, seasoned talent. Let's just call it that. <laughs> in, in in F one terms, uh, yeah, yeah. He, is, he is younger than me. In F one terms, um, he's he's getting towards the end of his career. And this is the dangerous thing: is that when you start to run out of options this late in your career, you do, you do worry for these drivers. Will they ever get back in? You know, Roman Grosjean, I don't think he's going to be back in a Formula One car other than hopefully testing a Mercedes next year, which was a great feel-good story ahead of this, uh, this weekend. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah, there's a chance that because he's not going to be able to race in Abu Dhabi because of the burns to his left mm-hmm. hand, which haven't quite healed the way he'd hoped. Uh, Mercedes said, look, don't worry, mate. Come January, we'll pick a circuit. You show up, bring your helmet, we'll drop you in the car and uh, and you can have some fun and finish off your F1 career in a way that's more fitting. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that's the thing. Drivers of that age, when the opportunities start to clamp down, people can so easily be forgotten. I really hope Perez won't be and today's result is another reason why he won't be, I think. That's a wrap for us now, but look out for another edition of the podcast as we get ready to bring the curtains down on the 2020 F1 season in Abu Dhabi.